0: What's your weird story? Hello, Weirdsville. Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Hope everyone is doing well this graduation season. Uh, We are at that time of the year where young folks are graduating high school, graduating college. And uh, we are excited to maybe help you get a little education. Uh, I am always, always so pleased to be here with my best friend and co-host, Mr. Adam Beebe. How are you, sir?
1: Hey there, smiling since day, Barry Johnston. While the accolades right back at you, sir, I am doing well. Thank you.
0: Good. You have... uh... You have a good weekend, or uh...
1: I had a weekend. It wasn't necessarily good. I was I was a little bit sick over the weekend, as I was telling you beforehand. Yeah. I uh, that's right. Uh, I won't go into the details here on the podcast, uh, but uh, it was a two day affair, and uh, but I'm feeling better now, and uh, uh, I even worked through one of the days, which was probably the worst day. But you know, anyway. Uh, that's just how it goes. But today, I uh, the universe told me, uh, in, I don't know, told me, but in, anyway, it so happened today I didn't work, so I I took myself, uh, I treated myself to go see um, the, la- the volume three of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, cool, man. And how was it? It was great. I loved it, man. I mean, you know, I love... All the Marvel movies, uh, you know, I love anything that is, uh, you know, comic book based and yeah. done with a an affection to the characters and a respect to the audience. Yeah. In the Galaxy of the Guardi- uh, Guardian, the Galaxy rather, that series by James Gunn writing and directing it and that cast and everything uh, are some of the best, if not the best, of the Marvel movies, uh, in my opinion. They're so much fun they're full of action they always have good stories heartfelt stories and this one definitely had a lot of very touching uh heartfelt and sentimental kind of stuff and i definitely i got teary-eyed and and, and teary even uh on a few occasions especially towards the end uh, but just you know that's great but just good stuff fun yeah. stuff you could take the family to it uh you know that kind of thing and, and it's something that like I think really it's a if if somebody enjoys science fiction you know then anybody can enjoy it. Yeah. If you can enjoy just a bit of space opera, you know. Yeah. And, and looking creatures, you know, and I would think that most of our our listeners um, can handle, you know, appreciate that. Um, oh yeah. At least you know on the movie screen, maybe not so much all the weird creatures uh, in in real life, but
0: uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> no
1: having those encounters always make good stories
0: absolutely yeah i I, uh we'll see that at some point but we don't have a theater here you know so oh really yeah there's no there's no theater here they're supposed to be building one um in the next year but uh we've been without a theater since before covid so wow dude yeah man that's
1: that's wild because it used to be enid had at least two movie theaters that i know yep. of separate from each other yep. there's the one that had two screens over there forever close to that pup, old old putt place that's right versus back in the uh, you know the back 70s in the, 80s yeah. and yep. 90s and then there was of course the mall yep, uh, which had uh, probably like six screens or something like
0: that yeah and I they used to
1: have i used to have a crush on a uh, lot maybe two girls two yeah that worked at the one uh in the mall, yeah. Uh, my friend Jeremy Fuchs, who's been on our podcast, yeah, for, yeah. Yeah, you know, he, he he worked he worked at the uh, the record store there in the oh. mall,
0: and Camelot, or do you remember?
1: Uh, I I think it was a Camelot. Yeah, yeah. okay. And uh, he
0: nice. worked
1: there uh, when he was in college his summer job. He was also a DJ on the country
0: station. Oh uh, yeah, nice. That year as well, nice and.
1: Uh, uh, Anyway, uh, there was a there was a cute girl that was uh, uh, the, oh, that worked at the movie theater that I would attempt to flirt with, and uh, as terrible as I am with uh, flirting and, and, and all of that today, I was so
0: much worse
1: uh, <laughs> back when I was you know sixteen seventeen years old. So,
0: well, it was it unfortunately it just kept going down and down and down and down and they were never able to kind of get their head above water a new company came in and bought them out and then yeah so they finally closed it and then they were talking about um redoing the drive-in theater oh that'd be great um but i and i think that's still in the talks but yeah, they're going to build a new one. But well, so what what I'm getting to is if I want to go see a movie, I got to drive an hour to go see a movie.
1: You can no, you don't have to go that far. You can slide that on down to the new 89er theater.
0: Well, 45 okay, can- 45 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 45 no. minute drive. But yeah. but yeah, it's either go there or go to Newark uh or Newkirk, Newkirk. I think it's Newkirk. Uh, which is uh up I-35 about yeah, 45 yeah. minutes to an hour. Um but yeah, it's a bummer, man. Like everything we watch has to be on Netflix. Or um, actually, my my wife and and daughter went to go see the uh, Mario Brother movie uh, a couple of days ago. But
1: <laughs> I've heard good things. I heard yeah, like, it's
0: fun. They said it was good.
1: Um, I know Jack Black is uh, has a he sings a song uh, in it called Peaches and it's supposed to be like yes. an amazing song. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course it's Jack Black so you know of it's going to be over the top and, oh, yeah. and and perfect for for you know a knowledge or a kids movie.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We've got an over the top uh, show for you guys today. Uh, we have a great guest her name is liz and she has such an interesting life story and she was kind enough to come on and share that with us
1: indeed she has she's a great storyteller for one and we were just sitting back and enjoying uh, all of her stories and all these experiences that she's had in her life and she is uh, where she started and what she's does now. She is... I guess you could say she's an energy healer, uh, amongst other things, but that seems to be her main focus currently. But she tells us all about how uh, the series of, you know, just ever-evolving... Uh, unusual events and and things just kind of put her emotion towards this and where she is now. And uh, just it's really cool, and we uh, we we enjoyed talking to Liz. And we hope you enjoy it as well. So let's uh, get to it. Joining us from Albuquerque, New Mexico is Liz. Liz, thank you for joining us. What's your weird story?
2: Thank you so much for inviting me. I have a ton of weird stories. Cool.
1: Excellent.
3: And,
2: um, and I think it it really started with uh, me being a kid. And uh, my parents had bought this hotel in Duluth, Minnesota. And the name of the hotel was the Hamilton Hotel. Okay. And um, as a little kid, the place absolutely terrified me. I could see things and I could hear things that nobody else seemed to to notice. And my parents kind of um, laughed that off as me being just a sensitive kid or um, that I had just this really good imagination. And this was also during the time of Dark Shadows. So that was back in the, the early to mid-60s. I guess it was in the mid-1960s. And Excellent.
1: I, that's a, I would watch Dark Shadows uh, on the Sci-Fi Channel uh, especially when I was at home sick uh, in school, uh, they would show it on there, and I would have really, really strange dreams from uh, from being half awake, watching dark shadows and lost in space, and and, and whatever cough medicine I was on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's probably the best um, formula, but um, yeah, it was it was scary. So um, so I was grateful when, when we moved And um, we made our, our journey very slowly um, To California And the coolest thing about California was I grew up in San Diego uh, if, if you were interested in anything out there There is um, a teacher, there is a group There is a yeah. community in yeah. which you can join So I had this uh, because I was sensitive um, and just incredibly shy, I had um, I, I, I would absolutely freak out if anyone said hi to me. So as a teenager, of course, I wanted to outgrow that because I was missing, I felt, so much of my life that um, I had uh, decided to um, take up acting classes, which um, was a lot of fun. And then um, from there, I had the opportunity to meet all these really cool people. Well, one of my friends invited me to an open-eyed Shaktapat Pot meditation. And this was in La Jolla. And I was not a stranger to meditation. In fact, some of the, the acting training that I had gone through in high school is where you lay on the floor and yeah. the birds and you really like sink in and you just kind of become one with the element. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that is not what open night shock meditation is. When we got into, it was in the little shuffleboard court in La Jolla, and unbeknownst to me, on one side of the room is the card room, and on the other side of the room is like a vortex. So we did this uh, meditation in the room that was the vortex, and it's just a, it's kind of like Sedona, where you go up to Mm. the top of one of the mountains, Yeah, it's a vortex, it's just a place where there's uh, power, it's like power, Uh, that comes up from the earth that you can feel
3: sure
2: so my friend and i we um the the chairs were like in a uh like in a semicircle and we all i i always because i'm not super tall i always prefer to sit in the front row just so i don't miss anything Mm -hmm. so he and i were sitting in the front row when this beautiful woman walks in and she sits down in front of us and uh, the room was packed um, so I, I felt kind of lucky that I, I was invited to do this, and she was from Texas, and she was beautiful, she was graceful, she was articulate, and she began to, to tell us a little bit about uh, how she wanted us to do this open-eyed uh, Shakta department meditation, and the direction she gave us was to look You know, right in the third eye, which is, you know, right above. Well, for some, it's between the brow and for some, it's a little bit higher, or to look into her left eye. And it's like, well, that's trippy. I've never had this kind of meditation. So let's see, let's see what this is going to be like. So as I sat there, And uh, it was like almost like waves that, uh, and once she started, it was like waves that you would see um, heat rising from asphalt. How it makes that like wave as it comes up. Except this was horizontal. As she looked across each section of the room, it was. I I I began to just like my God. Like wonderment was starting to kick in. Wow. So finally, I was I was sitting there with my friend, and when she looked over in my uh, my direction, and I was directly in front of her, it felt like I was pushed back into my chair, and uh, the room got dark. Mm. And it's like, wow, that how did she do that? Because now it's like my uh, my reasoning started to kick in. It's uh-huh. so she's sitting in front of me, but now the room is dark it's like how did she do that and very slowly what I began to see around her are just like like little colors dancing around um, the like the entirety of her body and um, and then all of all of her body it's like colors started to jump around and um, and so I was blinking trying to get my sight back it's because you know like something is happening to me and I don't know what this is yeah and then very slowly as I looked at her face, it's like it very slowly began to change. Mm. And she all of a sudden she had a different appearance, and as I was sitting, I was like awestruck. It's like what on earth? And it's like each, like with each breath, a new face would come in. And then all of a sudden, one of the faces I recognized—it was my mom, except she was a man and she had a mustache. Oh wow! And then. Whoa. The faces kept going um i recognized some of my faces like as um uh like an asian warrior and um almost like a viking so i was beginning to see all these different faces um and i i sat there in fact i didn't even want to breathe because i was afraid that i was going to change the dynamics so i would stop seeing what it was i was seeing yeah yeah so that that was absolutely amazing when it was over i i didn't even have like the words to ask the question was like what was it yeah right and why did i see that and um so what she tried to explain because i wasn't the only one who had those kind of experiences but that was my first experience of of the the like the supernatural if you for yeah. lack of better better right. term. sure um and what she explained is when we start to access those those energies, that I was what I was seeing was I was beginning to see auras around her body, and that explained the colors that were dancing around her, and also that I was looking into past lives. So as either seeing my life or her life, or like I said, my mom, I clearly recognized my mom as a man. So that. That was so bizarre that um, I made a decision to start studying with this lady.
0: <laughs> what age were you at this time?
2: I was twenty-four.
0: Okay. Wow. Yeah. How how, how long
2: how,
0: how long did this experience
1: that that how long did that take place? Did it like was it like
2: the, the, an instant med- the meditation was about two hours.
3: Okay. Oh wow.
2: So during the course of that time, so I don't. Um, I was there long enough to watch um, the where the where we were we were facing the ocean. so I was there long enough to watch the sunset. Wow. Just Dang. to give you an idea. So that's why the room got dark really is because the sun had set.
3: Oh. So,
2: but when you' when you're in a meditative state, you don't really have a lot of uh, time references right. Sure. Plus, it was quiet, and everybody—you know, it was silent. I mean, there was nothing. There was no music or anything. It was just silence. It was such a cool experience. So, after that, I—I I decided that um, maybe I should switch occupations from studying being an actor to maybe um, doing what these people do. It's like I—I I don't even, you know, I—I don't even know where to begin with that. Yeah. So, for so, for the next four years, I started to study with uh, the metaphysicians, and that's what they were called back in the 80s. It was not popular to hang out with that group of healers. In fact, they weren't even called healers at the mm-hmm. time, they were called like quacks and charlatans. And it's like everyone's like wink, wink, you right, know, right?
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, you know, when you um would say, uh, uh, or try to share your experiences. But the cool thing about these ladies that I study with, they have such tremendous wisdom that they would say, wait until we hit 2,000. And in the late 80s, I couldn't even fathom 2,000. Right. What yeah. they told us would happen is we would leave the time of... Um, we would leave the Piscean Age and we would go into the Aquarian Age and um, and everything would be different. So they were right. It's like by the time we hit the 2000s, then some of the things that I had been doing was um, referred to as alternative healing, mm-hmm. to ble- you know, uh healing and those types of things. So um, so a lot had changed really in a very short amount of time, maybe mm-hmm. 20 years. Yeah. At at that time, though, I I wasn't mature enough to to go any further. So I went from like 84 to 88, and then I just kind of went back into my normal life. Um, But I promised myself that at some point I would go back into the healing arts and see what I could contribute to my community. So uh, fast forward uh, a couple of decades um, when i moved to albuquerque um i had just gotten married um, in fact i um the reason why we moved i met my husband in jackson hole wyoming and okay. my little sister had uh, purchased a candy company there so i'd gone to wyoming to help her in the fourth quarter before I went back to San Diego Well during that time uh, During the fourth quarter I uh, happened to have met The the man who became my husband wow. And he, uh, he Was a cowboy, he had been a cowboy for two months He had <laughs> always Wanted to be a cowboy Since his first John Wayne movie And uh, he was working On a bison ranch about An hour south of Jackson So It was really kind of cool I thought bison had been extinct for some reason. Right, right. So the first time I drove, it was a six-mile road, so the first time I drove down this road, uh, and it opened up into the pasture, it was filled with bison. It was the most glorious thing I think I had ever seen. That's cool. Besides the fact that I was in Wyoming. Right. uh, If you haven't been to Wyoming, the the topography is just amazing.
0: It it is beautiful. It's beautiful. Absolutely.
2: So um, since I didn't like 34 feet of snow um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't like to be just buried in snow
2: That and, and, and I'm not even exaggerating they have um, they have the snow posts on the road. yeah so, so you know where to stay in sure. so uh, by the ranch they had the snow post and then they have a, po- a post uh, above the snow post just because they do get that much snow. that's crazy so the company that my husband worked for uh we moved to denver and then from there we moved to albuquerque okay and it was uh, my mom had passed away um a year after we had gotten married and i was heartbroken i was really close with my mom and um i I felt like I didn't spend enough time with her before she passed. She um she passed from um cancer. And every day at the same time in our new house in Denver, I could feel her walking into the room. Oh wow. <laughs> Mom. Um, wow. and then I would talk to her. Yeah. It's like I literally could feel her like walk into the room. We would visit and then she'd leave. Well about 4 or 5 months after that, I realized that if she's if she's hanging out because of me, then I I need to stop that, uh, so she could move on to where she needs to be. So I I just said it out loud. Hey, mom, if you need to go, I'll understand. So that was the last time I really felt her. Wow, in my house. So we were there. Um, worst winter in a hundred years in Denver.
0: Mm. <laughs> it's
2: like, how could that be? Yeah, right. So we decided to move south. It's like, man, if I have to live in Mexico, I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> so so we, um, we took a look at a couple of places in New Mexico. We looked at Santa Fe and we looked at Carlsbad. In fact, we were considering um, raising bison in Carlsbad because they have the caverns there, and um, right. what a great thing for the kids! You know, just across America, when they go and see these caverns, if they like me hadn't seen wild bison, that'd be a perfect time for them to see the American buffalo. Sure. So, um, we uh, we almost did that, but uh, the land, the BML, really wanted my husband to have um, cattle experience as opposed to exotic animal experience. Gotcha. So. Buffaloes, believe it or not, are considered to be exotic animals, even though they're indigenous. I don't, yeah, I don't get Interesting. Well, I mean, I
1: guess non-domestic would be, non-domesticated would be a better word for it than exotic. Right. I mean, they they don't don't fly. They don't breathe fire, uh, you know, or, you know, do anything like, they're they're buffalo, man. They just, they they buffalo. Yeah,
2: Uh. beautiful animals. That's for sure. So we abandoned that, and we decided to uh, settle in Albuquerque, and that's that's where my healing journey began. Is I was here about four months when um, I uh, took a workshop with Dr. William Bankston, Um, and he's he does hands-on healing, and. it's like, well, okay, I guess I'm old enough now and mature enough to where I might be able to do this. So I, I started, um, I just followed directions of um, one of our first things was to mummify a banana. And just using the technique that he taught us, you just hold a banana, one on each end. And what I would do is I would use the technique that he taught us, and I would watch the news and drink coffee before I had to go to work. Um, and the reason, and I, I mummified in two weeks, so I've never rotted. It just went from a banana to a really hard substance. Let me show you. Oh wow! Okay. So this
0: is. Can you see? Oh it? wow! Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. My mummified banana. So this is about uh, ten, about twelve years old.
1: Oh wow! wow. Damn. So basically, it looks. You know, we're doing this in audio. It's a banana, but it's it is. It looks kind of like a uh, a big seed pod because it is dark. as, uh, I mean, it's black. You know, when you and and and,
2: and it's, it's
0: hard. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's still got its curved shape and everything. It hasn't gotten floppy. Man. Yeah.
2: No, it's. So I was holding it on both ends like this, using the technique. My husband got incredibly nervous as he watched what I was doing with this banana.
0: (laughs) So, what? I can only imagine. (laughs) That's
2: Uh, not going to have a good outcome. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) So, okay,
2: so
1: I'm trying to to find a path here. It's not going to sound. All totally right. terrible. Uh, no, no, it's fine. I just have I have a a gift to make um, unintentional double entendres, okay. uh, but um. Okay, so yeah, how how do you do it? Uh, how did you like? What is the process that and and that to making it where it's. Well, it's not decaying, you know, I mean, so how did, I mean, how did.
2: It's, it's energy. It's like everybody has energy in their hands, uh-huh. in their body. So it's just a matter of allowing the energy to flow through your hands mm-hmm. into the banana. But I'm not focused on the banana. What I'm focused on is just allowing the energy to move through me. Okay. So it just moved from hand, you know, from one side of my hand to the other side. Okay. And this is really something that everybody can do. So um what I really discovered over really since uh two thousand and nine is that we are all energy. Mm-hmm. It's like everything is connected. Yep. So so that's where the mysterious really started to come into play for me is having experiences like that it's like well how did i do that and can i do that other? you know can i actually do what he does which puts he puts his hands on people and then he lets his mind wander and do something else while his hands are doing the work and i think um what he's trying to teach is getting the ego out of healing
3: right yeah
2: so it's, it's because we all have this, you know, everybody can do this. Um, it's that panacea where your mom kisses it and makes it better. It's yeah, like there is right. power to that. And there's also truth to that, especially when it comes from a place of love.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So that was my, my first beginnings, was working with, um, with just, you know, playing around with my hands. And then... Um, Another workshop came to town, and I didn't have the access like I did in San Diego because in San Diego, it's like anything under the sun that I was interested in learning, I could find it. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have to wait. But here is a little different. It's a little bit smaller, the venue is smaller. So um, I had taken a couple of classes, um, and uh, like um, Healing Touch where you work above the person. yeah. And I kept getting this sense that if I could just touch the person, because the student that I was working on, uh, she had a broken leg. And, and I just had this intuitive feeling that if I could put my hand on either side of the break, something would mend. I don't know where it came from. There was no indication in the training that I was getting that that would be so, but it was just kind of like something I felt... Like I, I, I just felt like I could help, but since the directions were to work in the field and not on the body, you know, um, I got different results. Well, the reason why I mention this is not too long after that workshop, I came across um, a modality taught by Donna Eden, uh, where you actually touch the person. Okay. And when you touch, for me, what that was like, um, it was almost like. Um, um, the, oh, what is that sci-fi movie um, of the third kind, Close Encounters of the Third. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. They're up in Devil's Tower, and oh, they're overlooking where the guy on the piano starts to communicate with the mothership, yeah. and they're doing some really rudimentary things until the guys behind the glass say, okay, we'll take it from here.
3: Yeah. And yeah.
2: It's like, And then they take off. Well, that's what it felt like, when I put my hands on the student, it was like I was getting all these sensory impulses, Wow. and it's like, oh my God, what do you, what do I do with this? And it's like, well, they'll, they guided you into the next, you know, the next exercise. So it was that that for me was it. It's like, okay, well, I am going to continue what I learned from Doctor. Bengston about putting my hands on people um, and not turning them into bananas.
3: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Just seeing where the energy goes yeah. and, and having a curiosity. And that was the other cool thing about um, Donna Eden is um, the whole thing is not to heal people, but just really to bring them into balance. Okay. And the reason why that is is because you never know what they're supposed to experience. Right. Sure. So it's not about the healing. It's about helping them have a quality life. Mm. So that right there also kind of... Um, really resonated with with my values and stuff like that.
1: Get this, we call it what's your weird story, right? But we don't limit it to weird stories. It's true. Sometimes we have crazy travel and epic adventure stories. Sometimes we do book reports and other special episodes. Sometimes we'll cover some weird news. Sometimes I'll see one of my oldest, dearest friends just dancing around and punching the air for five minutes before we sit down and record an episode. But hey, it's all good because it's fun to talk to people, to make new friends, to get in touch and reacquainted with old friends, and hear amazing
2: stories. So I started some formal training, and this is where it got interesting. Once I began the training, I had to, um, if I was going to get a certification as an energy medicine practitioner, I had to work on 100 people within a certain amount of time. So um, I... I commandeered every friend I had. Yeah. If, if you weren't a friend and just an acquaintance, you were coming over too.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> if in fact, if you could get to my house, I'm working on you. Um, and uh, and that's when the 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 unusual experiences started to happen. Wow. And I I think that the unusual I think for me what happened was. I needed to be, and, and still, as I'm evolving, I think I needed to be mature enough to and um, and skilled enough to where these paranormal experiences that were about to unfold, I would have the the inward structure to be okay with that. Okay. okay. So the first experience I had, um, I invited my friend over. She uh, she's a school teacher. I absolutely love her and respect her because teaching kids are hard. Yes. Yep. She teaches middle school, so I think she. That's
1: not the worst too. My dad was a my dad was a middle school teacher. And he, yeah, yeah. Because
2: you have all of those raging hormones. Yep. Oh yeah. But um, And this was in my first year of training, so she came over on a Saturday, and in my mind's eye, I kept seeing, like, these two, they looked like gargoyles outside of my door looking in, like they are waiting for permission, and I got the sense that they belonged to her and not to me, so I'm like, oh, my God, what are gargoyles doing, what, what is this? So I didn't mention it to her just in case uh, they were real. <laughs> right. you know, just because I was seeing them in my mind's eye. So some things you just shouldn't be talking about. And and, and I wanted her to come back. So, um, you know, if I'm saying, hey, you've got gargoyles hanging out with you, chances are she would not come back for the next yeah,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. session. So I filed it away, but it was just the weirdest experience because what. Stand at my front door and just patient, patiently wait. Hmm. And uh, and it, and it, I wouldn't say that it scared me, but it made me nervous because I didn't, right. I didn't know what that was. So our next training, we trained in Phoenix. Um, the so the next session, I uh, had an opportunity to sit with one of my TAs, and I. I very gingerly told her because I didn't want uh, to sound like um, I need a mental health um, intervention.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Now. But I also, I was curious. It's like, what is this? So as I told her, she goes, oh, you must be visual. And it's like, well, I am visual. And she explained that as you work in this type of energy that the veil that separates us from like different realities, it starts to get a little thin. Yeah. And with some people, they see some people hear. some people can feel touching, you know, and things like that. Or if you stay with it long enough, then all of your senses develop okay. and you begin to have uh, these experiences. So good to know I'm not crazy, but now <laughs> what do I do with the gargoyles?
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Let's like check that first. Yeah, thing out. yeah, yeah, right, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I've got something else. It's like okay, so yeah, what do we do with that? And uh, she recommended that um, to put selenite like in each corner of the room that I worked in, so that if anything, uh, so that all the negative energy can come out and it has a place to go. Okay. So, okay, so I did that, and then don't invite them in. And it's like, I will definitely not invite them in. Yeah. So that was really the only, and she only came for a couple of times before life got really busy for her, too, um, about the, the gargoyle thing. So um, it's like, okay, so I. Okay, so do I do I see that with everybody? And it's like no. So then I began to um, have different experiences, and it's like how how do I um, how do I you know how do I w- w- work with them? You know, yeah. what do I do now that I see this stuff? Right. And right about that time, I had just finished uh, my second year of training, and I got my certification as an energy medicine practitioner. And I started working. How do you?
0: Can you just explain how? Where does that? What body um, do you get that through? What is that through a um, a religious thing or is that through the state? How does that work? Certific- how does what work certification? Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, Donna Eden has a certification program to teach energy medicine. Okay. okay. So she has a four-year training program. Okay. So, and I went through three of the four years. Okay, gotcha. So, uh, yeah, and I had met her in Albuquerque when she had done her weekend workshop. Okay. And um, and this and so I got my, um, I think it was 2015, 2017 is when I got my, 2015 is I finished my Uh, My clinical, uh, not my clinical, but just as a practitioner. Mm -hmm. uh, My dad died in between there. And then 2017, I became a clinical practitioner. So that's another thing, too. um, What I, you know, I'm just trying to put all of this in perspective and try to understand, you know, some of the things that I experienced. I went to and started working out of a yoga studio. Um, And I absolutely love this place. It was like in this little triangle of energy where it was nestled in between an Ayurvedic um, school. And also there was like a lot of electricity on the corner from the cell towers and other things that were being uh, put up. And um, it was just nestled. It was just this beautiful little studio and I was having all of these like odd experiences in the studio. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I was there by myself before my client came. Um, so there was one where I was preparing for um, a client, and I turn around and in my mind's eye, I see this cartoon like, um, like the genie from uh, Aladdin. Uh-huh. You know, just a little tiny body with a yeah. great big, you know, front. And I'm like, hello, <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Genie. If you're if you're of the highest and purest good, you can stay. Otherwise, get out.
3: Right. Uh,
2: so uh, he just wanted to know what I was doing, and uh, he just wanted to make sure that I was going to take good care of this client that was coming in. And she was a teenager, so I really appreciated this energy, uh, just kind of checking in to see yeah. if I was okay. To work on this gal. So it's like, well, I'm not going to tell anyone that this genie just came in because I want people to come and see me.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure.
2: Just in case. Right, right. (laughs) Um, You
0: know,
2: and um, the studio was just awesome. They invited shamans in to, like, do, like, full moon blessings and um, different types of healers. They had, like... um, like g- gong baths where you like hit nice. like um, the singing bowls and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, that, the Vibration. Yeah. So, all kinds of really cool workshops that nice. the people that went and took yoga could experience. And on this one evening, I, um, I was waiting for my uh, my client to come in, and it was a new moon. And um, so the yoga instructor, I didn't know his name, um, and, and still the shyness I don't think ever really goes away. Instead of going out and introducing myself, um, I just kind of waved and went into the room and, um, because I didn't know his name. And so, uh, I could hear all the girls giggling as they went into the yoga studio and my client had come in and and eat an energy medicine. You don't disrobe. you just, um, you just wear your clothes as I work on you. Yeah. And I had her all snuggled in um, on the massage table when I heard, like, The um, the drums starting, and it's like oh they must be doing like a full moon or a new moon meditation with um, a shaman or something. Right at the time, I heard this lady. She I think she was Polynesian. She starts like her first cry out to the moons, and it's like oh my god, this is going to be great. And then I look down at my client. It's like oh thank God she's still asleep, (laughs) (laughs) because the lady was loud. Yeah the thumping of the drums. Um, and it was just so majestic. So the whole hour that I'm working on my client and listening to this lady, and I just can imagine how powerful that um, that yoga class must have been. And right at the like right on clockwork, right at the very end of the hour you hear this thump thump thump. And then it was quiet. Wow! And that was always my favorite time—is like just that lull when uh, the students start to like walk into the foyer before they leave. Yeah. Uh. So, you know the whole room, and um, and I looked out on my client, and I'm like, I'm waking her because it's time for her to go to and um, so, as you know, she gets uh, as she's getting, you know, putting her shoes on and stuff like that. I run out into the yoga studio because I wanted to meet the lady that did the um, like the prayers to the full moon. And um, I went past the yoga instructor who was flirting with these two girls um, <laughs> after class. And I walked into the studio, and she wasn't there, and it's like, oh, I missed her. So I um, I went to the yoga instructor, and I just said, that was powerful. I could hear it in the room. And he looked at me, and he goes, you could? And it's like, yeah. And I said, I especially like the the drums. And he looked at me, and he was like, the drums? And I'm like, "Row, row. <laughs> so I, I told him about what I had heard about the the shaman and the incantations and the prayers to the the new moon. And he's yeah. like, um, "That didn't happen." So I don't know what I was hearing, but the whole studio was filled with this um, Polynesian woman praying to the moon. Wow! During the entire um, time. And uh, I, I just laughed at, because it's like, oh, <laughs> wow. So, so
0: that's that's the auditory um, development going on there.
2: That was a part of it, and by that time, exactly. So I had the visual, and also, and then the auditory started to kick in. Wow. And, um, I, especially when you're new and learning these modalities, it's like you had to follow protocols um, to the letter. And I kept getting. Um, by this time, I had moved into another office, and I kept hearing this woman's voice over my left shoulder, saying, um, "Telling me what to do." And it's, but it was against protocol. And it's like in my in my head, it's like I'm not doing that. And um, specifically, I was getting directions to use a magnet on somebody. Mm. And you have to be really careful when you use magnets because it's electrical.
0: Yeah. Right,
2: and it and it can um, it can uh, ruin the the um, the electricity within the body. So you just have to be careful. Uh So I'm not using it. And she kept saying you need to use it on his shoulder. And it's like I ain't using it. Finally, it's like this lady in my head, or really behind my shoulder, yelled at me, use the magnet. So I did, and that's exactly what my client needed, just to get rid of um, some chronic pain. That nobody could figure out what he had. Wow! So I started, um, and I always joked about that because I told one of my colleagues, "It's like, oh, now I'm hearing things. I know there's medication for that,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but I'm just going to see where it takes That's me." That's
0: amazing. So, um, how much information do you get from people, like before they come and see you? Do you have a consultation with them and you kind of understand where they're coming from spiritually and then physically also?
2: Oh, that's a great question. If it's the first time that they're coming to see me, uh, I ask them why, Mm -hmm. you know, why coming. Uh, New Mexico is this beautiful place where you've got the culanderas, which are the, the women healers that are from Mexico. Uh-huh. We have the Native Americans and all of their healing traditions. Uh, there are a ton of different types of healers. So I I take more of a, I like to think that I have more of a systematic approach to bringing people into balance. Yes. Plus, just my personality. I need structure, so I like the structure of having um, going to a specific place and getting training, and then um, passing on the training that um, that I've learned. Sure. So, so when I first, uh, when someone first comes to see me, I I listen to the way they talk. I uh, listen to what they're looking for. Um, I can't help everybody, and also I need to let them know that I don't I don't heal diagnoses, but it's a great place to start. So, for example, if I have um, like irritable bowel syndrome, that's going to lead me to uh, a couple of things um, emotionally. Uh, is the person um, do, uh, do they have fear? Is that leading yeah. them? Physically, um, there are a couple of meridians in ancient Chinese, like Chinese medicine, that I can check to see if they have under or over energy. Um, so I listen to everything, and what is it that they're looking for? You know, yeah. what kind of relief? And a lot of times they don't know what they're looking for. They just know that um, they want to feel different than when they you know, than when they came to see. Sure. Them. So with that... Um, I've had uh, I've had some fairly amazing experiences. The one that comes to mind is, I uh, first time I met this young gal and her boyfriend, uh, she had just left him, and he had been um, he had been hitting her, and she was afraid that she was going to go back to him. So I was making mental notes about some of the. Um, some of the trauma places I could recommend for her when she finished with me. Um, there's, They have all kinds of really good programs in Albuquerque to help domestic violence and things like that. Yeah. And also there's a place here that's called Health Care for the Homeless. What they do there is they do assessments um, to help you find the best place for uh, for whatever you may need. So I was making mental notes of that also. But as I started to work um, specifically in the head area and really relaxing her nervous system, um, that we have a big window that's on the side of the wall here and that's parallel to me. And I saw like this huge shadow out of the corner of my eye and I thought that a huge trucker had passed by. Um, and then, as I'm focusing on my client, I hear like a a snap of a feather um, fan that people use in the Renaissance fairs. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh yeah. This the, the sound yeah. to snap the accordion, but it's specifically a, a feather sound is is a little bit different. Yep. It's a little bit more muffled, but it's still curt. And so when I heard that, I looked up and I saw this great big huge like angel starting to unfold itself. Mm. Um, in my office, <laughs> so wow. and God, and it's like, and I don't know any, I don't have angel knowledge. So, um, as far as I could tell, that would be like an iconic angel. And um, I asked, um, I, if you're not of the highest and purest good, you have to leave. As this thing continued to like stretch out and like unfold his wings, and I'm like, okay, well, I, you're either here for me or you're here for this gal. Yeah. So, and he was pink. It's like whoever heard of a pink um, angel? Wow, So I just took another mental note. okay, I'll write down. Um when I go home, I'll look up pink angels and see what you know what the significance of that is. And um, so I did. Um I did not tell my client that there was a big pink angel <laughs> for the integrity of our um, session. That uh she did she left feeling better than, than when she had come in, which wow. is always the goal.
0: Sure. Mm.
2: <laughs> Never saw her again. I um I when I went home and I looked up uh Pink Angels, it's uh Shanuel or Shanuel, I don't know how to okay. pronounce it. Okay. But it's it's an archangel and this archangel is specifically works with God and governs love. Mm.
3: Wow. So
2: I just how oh, perfect. That's that this great.
3: Girl,
2: this gal had this particular angel looking over her. So I, I hope that the angel is keeping her safe. So some of those things um, certainly happen as um, just a course of doing the energy work. But also, some of the other things that I've experienced have, have been as a direct result of grief. Mm. When um, and just the lowering. I think what happens is when, uh, when and it was when my dad died, and uh, just all of that, just that rawness of um, early onset of grief. I started seeing. Uh, I think I was seeing over into the other side type of thing, because I was seeing uh, people, but they weren't alive. I was seeing dead people. Okay. And at first, it's like, why am I seeing this? I am wide awake and they always seem to congregate in my um, my office. And the, the way that I have the office, it's it's really kind of a cool, it's like a Jack and Jill room where the room is here and then they have French doors that open up into the other room. Uh-huh. So I'm in the, the guest room um, in, on the, like the west side of the house and where the um, French doors are is where I saw all of the activity, which would be my office. And so I woke up one night, I had been watching TV, and that room was um, in an amber light. And I was thinking, uh, what on earth would be casting that kind of color? And right at that moment, I see this old man that was naked walk across the French doors. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) what is that? (laughs) And why are they in my house? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't recognize that body, that's yeah, for sure. That's, right. a, that's a whole um, other
1: kind of amber alert right
2: there. <laughs> of the third kind.
3: Right. right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, um, yeah, So, and, and I would constantly see this little girl. She was about, well, she wasn't a little girl. She was about 14 that would stand in the door jam and just kind of look at me. And it's like, once again, it's like, okay, I'm awake. Why am I seeing this? It's like I'm not getting any information as to why I may be uh, – why? I don't know why I'm yeah. seeing this. right. So um, – what I did discover, though, as time went on and the grief wasn't as intense, it was like the veil started to to raise again. Mm. So that um, I, I do have still have some of those experiences, but not as intense as um, as the the first couple of months after my dad passed.
0: So that's like a sort of uh, like you're not a you you don't you don't claim to be psychic, right? Or 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 is that part of it? But that kind yeah. of leans into that world I feel like right
2: yeah I, yeah and I think that's a great question too I think it has to do with sensitivity right so it's like the more I work in the energy um and get into those realms because um I don't specifically try to connect with anything but as I'm working in the energy and as I get more experience I'm less afraid
3: right so
2: the less afraid I am I think the more The more the things can communicate with me, so. That's
0: interesting. Yeah.
2: I I don't know if everybody has that. I think it's it's the way it's your orientation into the world because you. If I mention that to some people, they're like, "Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like we live, we die. That's it. You know." (laughs) <laughs> which is fine. So I just Well,
0: yeah, there is a lot of there's a lot to be said though for we just had a conversation with somebody and there's a lot to be said for the things that we can't explain and and things that we can't see. I think what's interesting is that you see so many different types of of these things. So it's not like you're just you're not like just seeing this one type of thing. You're getting bombarded by whatever the person you're seeing is bringing with them, which is interesting.
2: And, and that's kind of the cool thing. So I really believe that we're not alone. Um, when my dad died, it was so interesting. It's like when I, um, he was still in California. So I, um, I took a plane from here to California. And when I got into his hospice room, um, I saw two very bright lights above his bed. Mm. And... Um, And I would look over at my siblings, and it's like they didn't see them, so I didn't mention it, Um, again, just because I I want to be respectful. Mm -hmm. But I think those lights were, I think one of them was my mom, and I think the other one was his mom, my grandmother. Oh, wow. And um, the the lights were there right up until he took his last breath. Wow. And then after that, I saw him uh, leave his body and... Um, tried, tried to talk to me, I'm thinking, because that image was there for a long time. And what I saw was um, the Rock'em Sock'em robots, yeah. you know, those little block toys. Yep. He was in that image, but it, he was like an, um, in an opaque color. Yeah. So I think he had that image, so I wouldn't be frightened. Wow. So, and at least that's, that's, I guess that's what I was seeing. So I don't always know when I'm seeing or what I'm sensing. Um, So I just stay open and just wait to see if the right answer comes. And if it doesn't come today, you know, maybe, I think, I
0: I know, I think you're right also in the way that you sort of don't tell and reveal that to people, because I think in a way that that would maybe take away from their experience and also maybe take away from what it is you're trying to get. Cause I could imagine that like, you're kind of going into this each situation, trying to keep an open mind and open heart or, you know, to what's happening and Mm -hmm. you're just trying to read what it is. And, and maybe, and like you said, you know, you don't want to scare your client um, because they may not have any clue as to what you're talking about. And the, the way it's revealing itself to you may may be different than the way it would reveal itself to the person also. So there's that also. So it's like, I think that's a good, that's responsible, in my opinion, the, the way that you conduct that. I think it's that's a good thing.
2: Thank you. Know? you. And it's respectful. Right. Because um, if I had experienced what I'm experiencing today, like even like 15 or 20 years ago, I would have been terrified. mm not only would have been terrified, but I would have never have gone forward with anything that I'm doing. Right. So I think that sensitivity is something that I've grown into, which I'm I'm grateful that I've had the time to grow into that. So there's some fun things that you can do with that sensitivity sensitivities. Also, last year I went to um, Estes Park for a family reunion. Oh,
0: that's I. That's beautiful. That it was,
2: is. Yeah. Yeah. I went to the Stanley Hotel. Yep.
0: Awesome. Oh. <laughs> awesome. I did that with my family if,
2: Did you take uh, the ghost tour?
0: Yes, we did. Yeah. It was great.
2: It was awesome. So every room that I went into, I would look around and it's like hey, hey, yeah. Hey. yeah. Nothing. We didn't I didn't have any experience. I didn't feel their yeah. people. So I get it they're probably up in the rooms where they're supposed to be right
3: yeah
2: but at the very end of the uh, the uh, the tour you know how they take you in that big room and you're kind of like yep. in that semicircle yep so I'm sitting there and um, uh, and the, the tour guide is kind of wrapping up I feel the energy shift in the room and so I asked her hey use your um, your little voice box and see if there's anybody in here and she said the cutest thing. She goes, "Well, they wouldn't come in here." <laughs> and it's like, "Well, turn it on anyway. Let's right. see." Yeah. So she turned her box on and the voice that came out was Jason. And there was a young man, he was about 14 and his name was Jason.
0: <laughs>
2: oh. So, so you know, like, freaked out. Goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it was that was the perfect ending I think oh, to wow. the, um to the the ghost tour was the young man got to have like that, that experience. That's cool.
0: That's cool. Yeah. If anybody ever gets a chance, you should go. It's it's really not only is the drive to get there amazing because we came through the, uh, on the Rocky mountain highway, whatever they call that, the highway, right? The Rocky mountain highway. Um, yes, I think that's
2: it. Yeah. and It's
0: super steep and it's narrow and it's a, it's just really high and, but you go over the mountain and then you get into Estes park and it's, just beautiful and it's um that hotel was built by uh mr stanley the stanley steamer car and he was prescribed to go out there he was from the east coast he had a uh, uh tuberculosis issue i guess right his lungs or something and they told him to go out there to clear it to clear his lungs up and um, he built this whole hotel for his friends and his family to come visit him, and it's uh, it's impressive, and it's Beautiful. so yeah. cool, and it's where uh, Stephen King wrote The Shining. So
2: I've got I've, that's really it too. It's just yeah, they filmed it there too. Yeah.
1: What does your cowboy husband uh, think about this this world that you're involved with? Because oh, yeah, cowboys are known to be very uh, Down to earth You know and no nonsense And you know yeah. It's what it is right there on the surface Kind of a deal
2: That's it and he has one word which is Hohokam.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: In fact this is, But he's got a good sense of humor about it And he does let me work on him when he's like I know he's like near dead yeah. When he lets me work on him But it was the winter solstice, and it was cold. In fact, it hadn't quite snowed, but it was getting ready to snow here. And um, it was about 8 o'clock, and he looks at me, and he goes, don't you have somewhere to go? And for a minute, I started to panic, because I thought I had forgotten, like, I was supposed to be somewhere. Mm And. it's like, what do you mean? Where am I supposed to be? He goes, "Don't you people go out and dance around in the
0: moonlight?" Or something? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. So that's like, great.
2: You know, not without boots. Yeah, yeah.
0: No. That's awesome. That's great to have a sense of humor. You know. I yeah. mean, that's important. That's so great. Well, I mean, you got what a what a wild. So you you have a a, um, a practice now. Um, I do. You, okay.
2: Yeah, I- I see people um, in my office in Albuquerque, and I also do virtual meetings. Okay. So the cool thing about the pandemic, I know it was devastating for for most of us, and I don't want to make light of it. But what I was able to do was um, I was able to expand, and I'm, I'm just very curious about all kinds of things because I know that we need to heal our bodies. I also know that we need to heal our minds. Yeah as well as our spirit. And I was beginning to see how all these different things were connected. So um, I had gone to a writer's workshop at the very end of 2019, and um, it was for Hay House. And they had talked about one of their very best authors who were actually in the next room over doing um, a seminar for, like, 2,000 people. And I'm like, holy moly, who is that? And the name of this author was Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I had never heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza. So I jotted down his name, and when I got home, I, um, I looked him up and started to do some research. And he was doing the same kind of stuff that Dr. Bankston was teaching, um, except um, Dr. Dispenza was calling it the quantum field. Okay. And, um, and Bill, William Bankston was saying, I don't know what it is, it doesn't matter, it's just energy. Yeah. And it's like, they're both right. So I, I began to see how there was like this through line. So I started working with the in the quantum field uh, just through meditations. And I'm still meditating every morning uh, with some of the things that I learned. But that also uh, took me to learn more about heart math and how you can change um, the... Uh, the tempo and the rhythm and the beating of your heart so that it synchronizes with your head. So there's a heart-brain connection and uh, the, the research that they've discovered is that not only do we have like neurites, the same types of cells that in the brain are also in the heart, and it's like, well, what are brain cells doing in the heart? It's because it's got its own little brain in there. Mm. So that whole thing, I think, with your heart, not your head, There's something to that. So I started to put all of this stuff together. So um, this is a very long-winded way of saying, yes, I work in my office, um, but I also help um, now just working with um, being strong in a chaotic world. And we do have a chaotic world right now. And I use all of this stuff on myself as well. Um, So I do the, the quantum healing, and I also do the heart math stuff, um, I just recently have started to adopt and use some more of the emotion code. The reason why I'm doing that is because I can energy test my clients and I've um, and just through all kinds of energy psychology that's out there and that's been going strong since 1994, all these therapists began to realize that when we have any kind of trauma, it gets, Uh, It'll find the weakest link and reside in that part of the body. Mm. So if you have hip issues and you've been to the doctor and you don't know, they don't know why you have hip issues and you can barely walk, it's a possibility that it's a past trauma. Ah. That Once you release that trauma... Then you go back online, so it's still bringing the person into wholeness, whatever that means to them. So
0: that's great. So you got a whole bunch of different ways to attack these just to these issues, wholeness, right? Yeah, right.
2: Because it's it, maybe it's not physical, maybe it's emotional, and maybe it's not emotional, maybe it's something else. Right. But it's right. Like take a look at the whole picture, um, and then the intuition comes into it. Um, is there anybody in the room?
3: (laughs) Right, right.
2: I won't say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so there's all kinds of tools. And the other tools that I use also, I use um, like selenite stones and I use um, crystals and things like that. So there's all kinds of different um, tools that you can use to bring someone back into balance. And I don't don't think I'm done. I think... um, there's still so many different healing modalities out there. There's um, in technology. It's like stem cells now are yeah. are the big thing. Yeah. Well, they have patches now, just like they did for nicotine. They have stem cell patches mm. that are um, energetic that you can wear that's supposed to help recalibrate the the that particular energy system. Yeah, that's so, great. I don't know much about that, but I have people that are talking to me about that. Yeah. So, That's so I'm, awesome. just, I'm Just really excited about our future. That's you fantastic.
0: Know? Yeah, yeah. I mean I uh, you you have a fascinating story and <laughs> and uh, how how can people get in touch with you? Like do you have social media or or, or what ways I hear,
2: there's a couple of ways and thank you for asking. Uh, my website is White Sands Energy Medicine. So it's whitesandsenergymedicine.com. And the White Sands is actually for the White Sands uh, National Park. Mm-hmm. That's in the southern part of New Mexico. It It's not sand. It's uh, selenite. And okay. selenite removes negative energy. So I thought that was really appropriate. Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the other side of the park is Trinity. And that's where they did the uh, the bombs. So that's yeah, where the they nuclear testing. testing yeah, yeah right. the nuclear testing. So what better medium than to put it in selenite yeah. to help case the the radioactive stuff? So they can do that. I also my Facebook is um, healing. Uh, let see, remove anxiety through energy medicine.
0: Okay, great, great. Uh, you ever thought about writing a book or?
2: I I have I have the basic outline in fact that's really why I went to the um <clears throat> I went to the the workshop is it's just like well how do you do this stuff um I love telling stories as you can tell
0: Yeah yeah, yeah no you're you're yeah. plethora of, yeah. of knowledge too you know
2: Oh thank you So yeah and the, just all the different things and um the, the the last thing, um, and I'll just leave you with this. In, um, in Albuquerque specifically, I don't know if anyone is familiar with Emory Smith. Okay. But I follow Emory Smith. I absolutely adore this man. He was, um, was uh, a medical tech for our Air Force base here in Albuquerque, which was Kirkland Air Force Base. And he talks about underneath the Air Force Base, was a whole facility for aliens.
3: Yes, yes, wow. yes.
0: Wow. Yeah.
2: So when I heard that, it's like, how do I get onto the base?
0: Yeah, no kidding.
2: And as I, so I'm always looking up in the sky. It's like, hitting. Yes. <laughs>
0: so
2: I'm trying to raise my vibration. So, you, you know, so something will contact me. It's like, I, I don't know how I could be of service, but. Gosh, you never know. And then I also talked to uh, the people that are born and raised here in Albuquerque. They're like, oh, it's not under the airport. And that's where the Air Force base is. It's right next door to our airport. It's underneath the Manzano Mountains, which is mm-hmm. the mountain range, right? just okay. right, Yep. Right out my, my backyard, really. So, wow. so it is true. Um, Gosh, I I hope I can come back and tell you about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please (laughs) do. Yes,
0: that would be amazing. You're welcome. You're welcome to come back anytime. We'd love to have you.
2: Thank you for this. Has been such a fun. Well, I've been talking about myself, of course. No, it's it's great.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's been fantastic. (laughs) We've been
1: enjoying
2: it. Oh, good.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on.
2: And thank you for the invitation.
0: Hey, you know what we need? What's that? We need a new ad for our merch store.
1: Our merch store.
0: I've had a few people reach out to me and ask me, just how do we get What's Your Weird Story merch?
1: Huh. How do we get that What's Your Weird Story merch?
0: What's-your, spelled Y-E-R, dash weird, dash Story dot myspreadshop dot com That's what's dash your spelled Y E R
1: dash weird dash story dot myspreadshop dot
0: com That's correct. Get in touch with us go buy some merch. We got some cool stuff.
1: Yeah, dude. And you know what? If any of our listeners out there has some really cool ideas, or has some really cool, what's your weird story type art that they want to see on a T-shirt? Get a hold of us.
0: Maybe it'll happen. Liz, thanks for coming on. Great stories. I love her journey, and uh, I just love the fact that she's trying to help people. She's, she's done all the work to get herself, educate herself, and you know use that to help people. It's a wonderful cause, wonderful thing.
1: Yeah, and developing that, and or being conscious to and developing that, uh, and you know, seeing it as it grows and being aware of it uh, throughout her life and going more and more into it. It's really cool because, like you said, she is helping people. She's, you know, she's helping herself, yeah. but she's using the what the knowledge that she's learning, you know, uh, uh, to help other people with the healing and with you know communication and stuff like that. So, yeah, really cool. We appreciate that a lot, Liz, and uh, we we did enjoy talking to you quite a bit.
0: Yeah, lots of lots of great stories and she's not that far away from me she's only she's only maybe eight hours away and um you know i I, maybe if i come through that way i'd love to to check her out and uh get a get a little get a little piece of whatever she's she's working on and she's doing you know try to try (laughs) try to uh you know get in there and uh have her do (laughs) some healing on me i god knows i could use it
1: there you go there you go we all can you know i'm sure we all we all need some bit Of uh, you know, and that's the thing is it's it's about finding that balance, uh, as she said, and we're all. I think that's one of our one of our most uh, bothersome things about our current age is that it's so difficult to find balance within yourselves and within the world in general, and when the world is you know off kilter all around, and uh, you know it's 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 not it. I, a lot of it has to do with, you know, American society and how the American society and culture is, but also just the world in genu- general, I think, where yeah. we are now. There, it's a lot more difficult to be, yeah. to be able to find that, you know, unplug yeah. is one thing, but to find a balance.
0: So. The longer your journey gets, it, it, you can uh, accumulate some things over time. Yeah. And it's important, I think, um, to get rid of some of the negative stuff that you hold yes, on to. Absolutely. And you just can't help it sometimes. You know, I got way into like watching here recently chiropractors online. And I know a lot of people think that they they claim that chiropractic uh, uh, services are are bunk. Um, I don't agree. I've had some wonderful experiences with chiropractors. um, But what's interesting is a lot of times when these people are being adjusted, they get very emotional. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of sobbing that happens. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, almost across the board, like it's kind of, it's kind of incredible. Uh, you know, some people to varying degrees get emotional, but, uh, you know, whenever you're, whenever you uh, have injuries and uh, have something traumatic happen to your body, you store these things in, in your yep. body and in your, in your, in the, in the very depths of your mind. And, so, uh, yep. yeah, when you rele- yeah, I, release that, it can be yeah. very, crazy you know yeah emotional it's like
1: yeah it's with a lot of not just chiropractic but like with you know like a lot, with some massage yeah. and like especially like really intense massage like right key massage where to really get in and yep. like you know really move things around and you we do store trauma we do store uh emotions in our muscles and, and you know in our in our body and um you know, and that's one of the things that, you know, Liz is talking about what she does is she tries to help, you know, balance that
0: out and, yep. you know,
1: move those energies around or however she does it. Um, but, you know, it's really cool. So check out her website and check out all of her stuff, her Facebook and all of that good stuff, the White Sands. Check us out next week when we have another great guest, another really incredible life story with uh, with Nella. And Nella had, a, wow, wow uh, lots of incredible yeah. uh, stories to share. And we had a really good time talking to her as well. So join us for that. And join us for, uh, you know, the countdown. We're getting closer and closer to number 250. Yeah. How about
0: that? That's amazing. Yeah, we not too
1: far away, dude. Damn. Not too far away. And uh, as for our 250th episode, we have uh, a special guest uh, with this is none other than uh, the vice president no no lieutenant governor of or mayor uh, I've forgotten the, name, the her official title. Uh, but Desi our good friend Desi who's been with us since the start. She's going to be a guest here We're catching up with her on all sorts of new events and all sorts of other things. Uh, she's been taking notes uh, on various stories in the podcast and, uh, and We discussed some of her yeah. her notes and her ideas and and stuff and we had a great it's great great talk with uh with Des and uh, Uh, That is our number 250, and we're getting closer to, you know, ending year five and starting year six. It's pretty crazy.
0: Amazing. Incredible. Thank you all for listening. I mean, uh, you know, we wouldn't continue doing this if we didn't get support. And and we have great guests that come on. They continue to want to share their stories. If it weren't for them, we would not be able to do this.
1: Yep. And that also those guests could be you in the future, uh, whether you've been a guest before or you've been dragging your feet a little or maybe you keep thinking, oh, I don't got anything interesting to, to share. It's not true. We all know it. We all know you have at least one good story. And that's why, we, you know, we really just open it up to uh all kinds of good stories you know we're still looking for uh you know your high school uh hijinks and pranks and the stuff you got away with as a kid funny stories and uh like that we're looking for any kind of great travel stories and adventures like we you know with marco polo in the forest you know a few weeks ago any kind of great uh you know Uh, If you want to come on and share about some surreal trips and adventures you've had with some, uh, you know, holistic medicines or just recreational narcotics, you know, (laughs) we don't we don't approve necessarily, but we would love to hear your stories, Uh, you know, or if you've got one, of you you know, you've got uh, that one uncle or that one brother who uh, is uh, who likes to have a good time all the time and uh has you know finds themselves in you know uh hilarious uh you know in places uh we want to hear those stories as well uh so really just we want to hear from you uh we love you guys like barry said you are what makes us continue to roll on week after week uh, year after year and um, we love talking to you, love meeting you we love hearing your stories and uh, we love this community of Weirdsville, so thank you now for what all you've been here and supporting and doing and thank you in the future for all you will do and all the stories that you will share here on your weekly weird, wonderful uh other W word podcast. Um, I couldn't think of another adjective with with, uh, wild.
0: There you go. go.
1: Here on the What's Your Weird Story podcast. We'll catch you next time for episode 249. Till then, be safe.
0: Be weird.
1: As always, if you have a weird story, we want to hear it.